All right. Welcome to another episode of Seize the Moment podcast. And today it's just us, Alan and Leon here. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of boundary setting, having boundaries for, uh, for yourself, uh, in your relationships, uh, with friends, work, you name it. So uh, to start off, I'll talk about the, why, what boundaries are essentially. Uh, so um, boundaries are what you allow um, essentially for yourself and uh, from other people uh, in terms of how you expect them to treat you, how you expect to sort of treat yourself and, and that kind of thing. Um, having boundaries is crucial to the well-being of your relationships with yourself and others, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if somebody had no boundaries, generally speaking, that can lead to uh, drama, passive aggressive behavior, uh, people pleasing behavior, if you have no boundaries, um, disrespect, etc. And it's really important to sort of set limitations on what's okay for uh, and what's not okay. Um, and to have that to be clearly defined. Um, well, what are your thoughts on boundaries? I was actually just going to ask you the question. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So actually, let me, I actually want to start off and ask you the question, right? Uh, because I think it's going to get the ball rolling here in a dialogue. So why do you think that people find it so hard to set boundaries with others? So they're, they're really afraid of uh, being judged. They're afraid of the other person's reaction uh, to them. Um, they're afraid to just speak up. It, it might not be part of their uh, personality. They, they'd rather sort of uh, be told what their boundaries are or just mm-hmm. automatically expect people to know what their boundaries are. Right. Um, I was going to actually jump into this a bit later, but I guess I could give an example. Imagine, um, you know, uh, you're with a significant other and um, all of a sudden you say something. I'm being general here, but you say something. And uh, it's something that they didn't like. But instead of speaking up and telling you, like, that's not okay, what you just said, um, they may give you silent treatment or passive aggressive treatment, Uh expecting you to sort of know, like, you you just crossed my boundary. But a lot of times, people will cross other people's boundaries without even knowing it, which is why it's important that you let them know what your boundaries are. So this way, you don't create these... mm, feedback loop interactions like imagine a scenario where uh i did something and you started giving me the silent treatment instead of Mm -hmm. telling me what i did all of a sudden you were coming off passive aggressive to me me not knowing why you're passive aggressive now creates in me a reaction of being like why is why are you being passive aggressive like what the hell and why can't you explain to me what's going on Mm -hmm. and then that my own reaction at that point is then going to lead you to either be continuously passive aggressive or still not necessarily reveal what your boundary is. And then maybe we'll get into some sort of argument or a tiff or uh, won't continue the uh, dialogue chain. And it can lead to all sorts of like messed up places when people don't know what your boundaries are essentially. And then there's different kinds of boundaries, right? Um, uh, Emotional boundaries, uh, physical boundaries, uh, material boundaries, uh, time boundaries, right? And I guess we'll just leave it at that for now, just to be general. Right. But like, for example, um, let's say time, right? So generally speaking, if somebody has a, a nine to five job, right? Th- their, their time is clearly defined what time they're working, right? So they know from this time to this time, I am working. 
And then anytime after that, I may be free or, or something like that. So that, that's a somewhat easily defined sort of time boundary. So maybe while you're working, you don't want to be bothered by someone else. Maybe you don't want to get calls from your family while you're working. Maybe mm -hmm. that's your boundary. Like you said, a boundary, like, please, during this time to this time, I'm doing something. I can speak before it or after it, something like that. But if somebody, let's say, has their own business, right, or is an entrepreneur, they, they might not have a clearly uh, set defined time schedule. Some people make the mistake of, you know, uh, because they don't have a set time schedule, I'll work whenever I feel like it. They go by feeling. So their, their boundaries aren't uh, clearly defined. Therefore, they might experience things like sometimes when you're working, you want to be relaxing. And then sometimes when you're relaxing, you think you should be working. Like you don't deserve to relax because you need to be working. Right. But then having a set sort of schedule or a, a boundary uh, essentially for yourself in terms of your time mm -hmm. won't let you get to that point where you're sort of half in, half out. I should be doing this when I'm doing this. I should be doing that, you know? Right. Well, um, what, do you, what do you want to focus on first? Do you want to talk about like self boundaries or do you want to talk about the boundaries which we should set with other people? Yeah, we can go whichever way. Like, uh, what are your thoughts so far, for example, when I'm mentioning yeah. like these well, different yeah. kinds of boundaries? I'm actually uh, thinking of, uh, so Rich Roll, I don't know if you saw, was on Tim Ferriss this past week. So it was a pretty good podcast, right? So um, they were talking about how like uh, mood, you know, oh, what was it that action dictates mood, right? And uh, sometimes obviously it's the other way around too. It's not just, you know, it's not just one rather than the other. So mm -hmm. what happens is, you know, when you do things that you don't want to do, so let's talk about the self, you know, kind of boundaries that we would have. So what do you would do is you would do something that you would let's say not normally want to do something let's say that doesn't make you feel good in the moment like i don't know working out you know writing uh doing a podcast when you don't feel like it right and it's like so a lot of times what we do is we kind of wait for the mood first right to kind of spur action right and we're like oh when we feel like it we're going to end up doing you know whatever it is that we want to do so it's like oh i don't feel like going to work or i don't feel like working out or i don't feel like writing today right but it seems like what the sort of geniuses of the world right and it could even be athletes too especially like with ritual in this case what they know is it actually doesn't fucking matter what your mood is right if you have something to do you go and do it so why you do it because of the repetition right that's important because you're perfecting your craft but on top of that you also do it because it actually makes you feel better once it's done right so if you have a great workout obviously you feel much better after the workout is done if you let's say write an old blog right even if it might not be the best blog in the world because you weren't feeling like doing it in the first place you still mm -hmm. feel better having done it if let's say you know you're training for something like a marathon that really sucks because there's not really much you know short-term glory there but you know that you're kind of getting prepped and gearing up for this like you know uh let's say whatever it is a 5k or whatever it is you're running right this kind of like ultra marathon um you know as opposed to your training so what i think people tend to do is and this is like natural i mean this is a problem that i have too if we don't feel like doing something we kind of like tell ourselves ah whatever i'll do this some other day right i'll do it when i'm feeling better but you know you kind of find out in life that a lot of times you're not feeling better especially if you aren't doing anything and That's so, uh, yeah, and I mean, I would even tie this into Rachel's office, you know, who was on the podcast like a couple of months ago, and she has the same idea with pain management. She's like, you know, when if you don't do it progressively, right, and you're always in pain, you're just not going to do it, right? So the thing is like, oh, I, I don't want to be in pain, so I'm going to wait till I'm not in pain to go out to exercise, to hang out with my friends, uh, let's say to do my schoolwork, whatever it is. And she's like, no, that's never going to happen, right? Because if you're not actually treating the pain, then the chronic pain, what's going to happen is you're just going to be, always, you're always going to be in pain and you're never going to get yourself 
to do the thing that you want to do. So my point here is to say that a lot of times people think, well, it's action that dictates mood, but it's also vice versa. I'm sorry, that it's mood that dictates action, but it's also vice versa. Action also dictates mood. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I sort of as a side tangent, if let's say all day you're, you're laying down yeah. you're, or you're sedentary, I mean, imagine what kind of mood or what kind of state you'd be in, um, right. in that sort of case, how could you then develop the mood to go work out? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's pop. I mean, I suppose there, you know, every general, you know, example is going to have counter examples, yeah. but yeah, you generally have to take the action first and then sort of your mood will follow. And even if your mood doesn't follow, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you, you have to do what you have to do, essentially. Yeah. Otherwise, that you can't wait for something to happen in order to, you know, take action sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a lot because of times you know, your and, mood does and, follow. And you know why, right? Because a lot of times nothing does happen. So it's like, unless you go yeah. out there and make it happen, you, it's like you, if you're passive about it, most of the time, man, and this is maybe one of the shittiest mm -hmm. facts of life, good things don't necessarily happen to us a lot of the times. I mean, it's nice when it does, right? But it's not that common. I mean, I'll tell you this. I've definitely been in cases before where, um, let's, let's say back in my college days, uh, yeah, if, um, I would actually do things subject to my mood. Like I would think, mm -hmm. all right, um, after I come back from college, uh, I shouldn't probably do my uh, homework yet or study for that test yet. Let me relax first. Mm -hmm. All right, I, I relax. Great. Now I feel more relaxed. Now I feel like I don't want to do more after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I'd say to myself, all right, well, you still have to do that thing. I don't feel like it. It's actually not even due tomorrow. It's, it's you know, the test is on Friday. Today's Wednesday. All right, I'll study tomorrow. And then I might follow the same pattern. Like I'll come back from college, be, uh, you know, be like, oh, let me relax right away and uh, have a weird systems. Like I didn't have, uh, it was sort of subject to just how I feel. And mm -hmm. my, my boundaries essentially were very wishy-washy. Okay. I went by feeling, which yeah. is, you know, sometimes you could rely on your feelings. Sometimes your body does let you know it's time to take action and you really can follow your gut instinct and, and all of that. But to rely on it is, uh, yeah, it's not a great idea. In my opinion. Yeah, and it becomes self-defeating if that's all you're doing. Because if we're talking about progress, I can imagine a world where it's like, you know, I want to be a better whatever it is, right? And you're only doing, you know, the practice based on some sort of feeling. And let's say you're not doing it enough, you're not going to get better, right? You're not going to develop muscles if it's working out. You're not going to, you know, kind of hone your writing ability if it's writing. Because the yeah. thing is, if you're not actually practicing your craft, you're not getting better at it. So if let's say, I don't know, on average, you're only like writing once every three weeks or something like that, you know, when you feel like it, right? The chance chances of you becoming a great writer are pretty slim. No, for sure. Yeah. And even so that's sort of like, um, how should I put this? Like, so there's different sorts of boundaries, right? Um, for example, we were just discussing time and sort of time uh, for uh, in terms of your relationship to yourself, right? And then these side tangents. Um, but what about with other people, right? Mm -hmm. For example, let's say you have a meeting let's say you, for example, I was thinking about this before this podcast, actually, as an example, mm -hmm. if you're, if you have a client that you're going to meet for uh, an appointment, mm -hmm. and you might have a client a little bit later in the day, I mean, how much lateness could you tolerate from a client before you have to say, okay, oh, I, no, I, I we're canceling have, the session? I, 
I, I actually have a, a technical answer for this because there's, we have rules for this, right? So for insurance companies, if the session is under 37 minutes, you are not legally allowed to bill for it. And contractually, mm. you're not allowed to bill for it. Yeah. So they can actually miss about whatever it is, uh, seven minutes, right? Uh, let's say if a minute, yeah. So if it's 45 minutes, so yeah, no, I'm sorry. So if it's 45 minutes, what is that? 30? Yeah, seven minutes. So seven, eight minutes, right? So they're allowed to miss. So if you're late seven, eight minutes, I don't give a shit, right? I could still bill for, for bill for the session. But yeah, so if you're if it's under 37 minutes, I am legally not allowed and contract again contractually not allowed to bill for the session. So that's actually pretty cool for me because like uh, so for my other clients, the ones who uh, like pay out of pocket, I'm like, listen, if you want to come in for a 10 to 15 minute session, you can do whatever you want. That's fine, right? But yeah, if for the people who are under insurance, they actually can't do that. So automatically there's a fine. Well, all right. So there you go. So even your work sort of, it, it, there's boundaries automatically. Set, automatically, right? yeah. Yeah, from the contract, right. All right. So let's forget clients for a second. Although that is a clearly defined boundary and that's yeah. good to have something like that. Uh, let's say with friends, how much lateness could you tolerate uh, from a friend? Imagine Ooh. you're supposed to meet uh, somewhere um, like, oh, we're supposed to meet at two. Like, mm -hmm. and it's... Uh, and we're all going to meet for dinner. It's like four people coming and one person, uh, no, two people are late. One person's 30 minutes late. Another person is, uh, an hour late, mm -hmm. right? Uh, how, how, like, would you tolerate that? Or would you sort of let somebody know like, Hey, you crossed a boundary here. Like you're late. That's yeah. not cool. You know? Yeah. So, okay. Great question. Um, so it depends on the context. So first, you know, you have obviously asked the person like what's going on with them. Right. Um, if they tell you like, Oh, Hey, you know, I just lost track of time or whatever. Um, so let's say this is what I normally do with people. And I think we, uh, we had this issue, uh, recently right when we all kind of went out as a group. So my whole thing is like, if a person isn't there by a certain amount of time, then now we're making decisions without you. Right. So it's not that you're not allowed to come, you can come and you can come hang out or whatever right but now these now you are no longer a part of the decision making process it depends on what the issue is right so if a person does this chronically and you kind of expect that they're going to either ghost you for a little bit or they're not going to come back i'm sorry not going to come around for you know x amount of time or they're going to be late for x amount of time then my whole thinking is is like don't depend on those people like literally and i'm not saying cut them off completely but let them know hey you know what so look i see that you struggle with time management i'm not going to be upset with you however right if you're not here by this particular time i'm we're going to do something else we're going to make other plans or we're just going to make plans without you so if let's say if it's dinner then you know i'm not waiting for anybody for 30 minutes to eat so again unless something serious happened right so my whole yeah. thing is like i guess we're eating without you if you want you could come for dessert or whatever it is i mean what do i care you know if you're coming to hang out anyway but yeah so the whole thing is like there have to be consequences but i don't think that they have to be so harsh where you're like cutting the person off and saying oh i'm never making any plans with you no my thinking is it's like oh okay you're you don't want to be responsible which is absolutely okay right now we're going to take the responsibility as a group away from you. Yeah. Plus, if I had to answer honestly, uh, from my perspective, yeah, mm -hmm. if somebody's late once, I mean, it's okay. I could tolerate it, right? I mean, there, there is a, there is. I think it's okay to uh, allow somebody to be late once or something like that. But yeah, if it's something that you could tell is that that's like that person's consistently late. Right. then yeah, I'd have to really draw a boundary and be like, hey man, you can't be coming away constantly. Like we keep set setting a time to meet at this time and you keep choosing these different times and it's very uncomfortable for me. Cause otherwise if I didn't make that clear, mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe I'll become passive aggressive, hoping they notice that yeah, how yeah. it's affecting me or I'll be a, just a doormat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, 
I'm sorry, this is important. I wish I said this sort of at the beginning of the podcast, but that's fine. So uh, boundary, like having uh, boundaries and self-worth kind of go hand in hand, right? For example, knowing who you are and what you want is a, it's like a sign of self-respect essentially. Mm -hmm. And anytime you let somebody walk over your boundaries, essentially, not anytime, but basically if you don't sort of make them clear, you become, yeah, a doormat. You become this like sort of loose yeah. boundary having person uh, and people will take advantage and you don't, you don't want that. And if, if you know the importance of setting boundaries and know what kind of effect it can have, like it could have potentially net positive effects. Because again, if most people don't know when they're crossing a boundary with you and you let them know when they are, chances are, especially if it's your friend, chances are they're going to respect it. I mean, I guess it depends what it is, but generally speaking, uh, a lot of times uh, disagreements happen or uh, arguments or uh, just like sort of bad vibes in relationship is because people aren't saying yeah. or clearly communicating what they're feeling in a particular given you know context or interaction. Right, right, right. And I, and I would like to define it as like, there's a difference between being liked and respected. So when you're liked, the person gets some sort of emotional benefit from you, right? So meaning that like, they, they, there's a there's a sort of net positive, right, in terms, well, maybe not a net positive, but there's a, at least a, a one-sided positive, right, from an interaction with you, meaning that for whatever reason, right, you just make them feel good, or you make them happier, which is great, right? But when you're respected, that means they also care about you gaining the same as they do in return, right? So if a person respects you, and they hold you in high regard, they don't view you as like their servant right they don't view you as somebody who's just there to please them and make them happy pretty much somebody who's subordinate to them in some sort of way right so a lot of times what happens is people settle for being liked as opposed to being respected and i like that you brought up self-esteem because the idea there is that if i don't have enough self-esteem you know what i'll just settle for being liked you know what though you really a lot of people uh who sort of think that by having loose boundaries and letting people do what they want Mm-hmm. you know, having that sort of people pleaser uh, mindset. Yep. Uh, there's actually, I would say counterintuitively, if somebody did have respect for themselves, uh, they would be more liked than, mm-hmm. than yep. if they just allow the other person to do as they please. And it's like, you know, well, this illusion we, of being easygoing, you know, can we just add nuance to that? They would be liked and respected by the right people. Oh, so I did want to get into this later, okay. but I guess I'll bring it up now. So yeah, generally speaking, yeah, setting boundaries can be very polarizing, right? right? Um, but that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Because, for example, uh, I didn't get into like some of the other kinds of boundaries, but let's say like a, like a physical boundary, mm-hmm. right? Like somebody spits on you, <laughs> which is a little extreme, but somebody spits on you, right? I mean... That's, uh, that's something where, like, if you allow that, that's pretty messed up. That's pretty fucked up, right? <laughs> but, uh, like, to say the least, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Uh, but when you don't, right, okay, maybe that person spit on you, and now you're not going to interact with them ever again. Because, right. you know, that's, that's an asshole. Like, why are they spitting on you, right? Mm-hmm. It might not even be your friend. It could be a random person. Right. But because you set that boundary, and you will, you know, you're like, that's it. We're not going to interact anymore. Okay, great. That person's not in your life anymore. You don't, it's like another, a, a person who doesn't share the same values as you right. is not around you anymore, which mm-hmm. can only be a net positive if your values are um, 
quote unquote healthy, yeah. which is subjective, uh, whatever. But why I'm saying it like that is because imagine, you know, that person who's the asshole sets boundaries against nice people and only interacts with their assholes. Mm-hmm. I'm just ima- imagining that scenario, right? And mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess you'd be attracting the right person for your values, but it's not necessarily great values, but whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, uh, back to the main point is, yeah, it's extremely polarizing um, to set boundaries. And that's why a lot of people are afraid to be judged or to let someone else know. Like, for example, say someone is um, making a, a joke at your mm-hmm. expense, right? Yeah. And um, I've I've definitely had this a lot. And then there's different ways to sort of take it. Like, if you're if you're being, you know, good old boy, right? You're you're going along with the interaction and you're not getting offended because, you know, it's your friends joking and stuff like that. It's not meant to be serious and you know, like what a joke is, then yeah, it's okay that they said that even if it's like, even if objectively, it could be something that sounds kind of insulting, but you know, you know that it's a joke, they don't mean it. Then yeah, of course you kind of let that fly, but imagine somebody did that and they think they're doing like a funny joke. And actually kind of hurt, like, oh, shit, that was a little, that was a little extreme what you just said, actually. Mm-hmm. But you keep, but then somebody might be afraid in that interaction, especially if it's in a group setting to let you know, hey, you crossed my boundary, right? Although you're not going to expressly say it like that. That'd be a little lame, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, because you, you know, you're afraid to kill the flow of the interaction. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. You don't want to let them know you insult, they insulted you. But Maybe you should, if it's like actually something that's legitimately uh, insulting this way, you know, you don't let that uh, sort of behavior fly in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that one's a little more nuanced and a little more delicate. Yeah, of a situation, what makes it so hard is because like sometimes jokes are just jokes, you know, so I guess that's the, the thing. Yeah, you have to like really negotiate with the person and figure out like what's OK and what isn't. But yeah, so there's like no clear cut answer to that. Like what? So, I mean, I guess the answer is intention, but then you don't really know what a person's intention really is. Right. I mean, I guess you can tell by the tone of their voice and what they're actually saying. So, look, look, some things are definitely more obviously offensive than others. But yes, I mean, people are also touchy on the other end, too. Sometimes things really aren't that offensive. Right. So imagine that person who took uh, offense, right, Um, set that boundary. And now the person who you told that to, uh, well, let's say you're afraid to tell that person like, hey, that joke was like, I get it. Like you're trying to be funny, but that's a little too much. Like, let's not do jokes like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It depends. Like you might have a fear to say that because what if then you're afraid of the other person thinking like, oh, man, this guy can't take a joke. Mm -hmm. Like, And you just ruined the vibe and like, we're all joking here and this guy's all serious and Mm -hmm. all of that. And like, I thought you had enough emotional intelligence to realize this is a joke or something. Which is honestly, and it could be argued that that's gaslighting because the narcissists do that shit all the time. Right. So people, yeah. yeah, So people are right. So people are afraid to be gaslit too. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You you don't want to be told that your uh, version of reality is wrong. You're wrong for thinking what you're thinking. So you yeah. just kind of let it go. You avoid um, any conflict, any any discomfort. But yeah. avoiding conflict and discomfort and all of that, it's not like sure. There's a time and place maybe to avoid uh, conflict, mm-hmm. generally speaking. But to always be like that again, it's it's not um, it's not you you won't be respected yeah. you know, all the way. I mean. Uh, very general speak you know but uh no i hear you 
But yeah, just yeah. just to go back to that self-esteem thing, right? I mean, there's like a lot there. And so what what's so hard sometimes, and I mean, I know people like this personally, not just clients, but just friends, family, whatever, right? Well, you'll have a person, and this is so hard to watch, where like they'll know that somebody wronged them, but because they're so desperate to get everyone, like literally everyone to like them, they're actually going to still try to win that person over, right? And then you'll tell them, you'll be like, wait, wait, but you're clearly right here, right? Like you, you did nothing wrong, right? This person is clearly exaggerating and overreacting. And then still that person is so desperate for love and affection that they will just be like, no, no, I will try to make it up to this person. Like, I still believe that they're reasonable enough to actually make this somehow work. And you're like, okay, I mean, you're going to keep trying and it's not going to go anywhere. And that's the thing also, right? Like maybe having a boundary against like, what kind of people um, do you want in your life? Right. Do you want people who you're sort of chasing after for their approval? Some people or do you want people? Yeah, but you know, what's the value in that? Because uh, I've heard the dopamine. <laughs> no, right. But essentially yeah. speaking, like uh, this might sound like counterintuitive, but um, I've heard this before. Like, why would you sell something? Like, essentially, why would you sell yourself to someone who doesn't want you yeah. want the product? Right? right. Why wouldn't you just sell to someone who does? Right. Uh, then, but, but, but remember, this person actually believes that they can win the other person over. Yeah, but it's it's foolhardy because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all right, fine. That's fine that they believe it. I mean, yeah, people believe yeah. all sorts of things. Right. Yeah, Because yeah, it's like you personalize it and you tell yourself, OK, so I did something wrong or I'm not good enough. So if I continue to work on it and I continue to work on myself, I could eventually become good enough for this person. Well, it sucks. It's what a, sucks I, is it I, there's a sense to it too. There is some right. sense to it. Yeah, well, it sounds yeah, like a good yeah, rationalization. True, true. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my clients that I saw yesterday, she told me that her sister went back to like her abusive ex, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we didn't, who didn't see this coming? And she's like, yo, it just fucking sucks, man. Like, no matter what you say to her, she just keeps going back to this guy. And they had like this uh, kind of big uh, blowout, like breakup, where like she even uh, brought like a friend over because, oh yeah, by the way, and this guy's like choked her before, and then so like yeah, so she brought a friend over because she thought that he was going to get violent and she's like okay i'm taking all my stuff and leaving right it seemed like the end and literally yo like three weeks later she just hits him up again yeah so that's so that would be the importance of maybe having um sort of a an, an emotional boundary yeah right? very like true. what yeah. sort of emotions do you you know do you want to allow yourself not allow yourself to feel essentially but what, what sort of uh, emotional uh, spaces do you want to occupy, mm -hmm. right? Do you, are, do you want to be around this person who causes you so much uh, stress and makes you cry all the time or, or physically abuses you, which also could be a physical boundary, like you yeah. don't touch me, like that's not the right way to touch me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's other things going on there in that particular example that you're, you're giving. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of angles to really hit it from in terms of what's still exciting about that guy. Well, you her. have, well, well, you have some costs, right? So she does So she tells her, but she doesn't want to leave the investment. She's like, you know, I've already lost so much time and, you know, I don't want to just like, let it go. Then there's also the belief that she's going to be alone, meaning that this is as good as it gets for her. And then, so if she ever leaves this guy, there's not going to be anybody around. Like, it's just going to be her for the rest of her life. And then, yeah, I mean, there's also the thrill, like the dopamine rush of getting this guy back. Right. So he'd be like, you know, they ended their relationship and she's like, Oh my God, he doesn't want, 
me anymore, but now he does want me again, right? And it's like that seesaw of emotions, that roller coaster, and that's exciting too. And there's probably even more facets of it, obviously. So I'm with you. That's the thing. There's a lot of factors that sort of um, go into that particular situation. So maybe I'm going to switch to something a little more general. For example, just um, so in the space of sort of having emotional boundaries, this this can mean a lot of different things. Like, who do you share what emotions with? Like, Mm -hmm. will you tell every will you tell your secrets to your boss? Probably not a good idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Will you tell everyone everything? about you also maybe not a good idea um it sounds interesting like from one level somebody might argue like well you're being honest and very expressive how do you know that's not a good thing well i I will welcome that you know if somebody had that and then have a discussion around that no problem but uh yeah there's things like that there is um who who do you allow yourself to be vulnerable with right um maybe maybe you don't want to be vulnerable with the wrong person because maybe they're not going to uh, give you the same kind of vulnerability, right? Like just because you're vulnerable with uh, anybody doesn't mean that you're going to get that same amount of vulnerability back. Or what about trust? Like who can you trust with certain secrets? Or uh, like should you, should, you tell, um, uh, should you tell your parents, for example, all the crazy things you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it depends what those crazy things are, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, maybe no, maybe you should, you don't have to necessarily give out all of your information, right. right? Uh, maybe also at what point do you decide to be vulnerable with somebody? Let's say with a significant other, like maybe, maybe you don't want to be entirely vulnerable right away. You're just giving up everything right away with mm-hmm. somebody who you don't know so well yet. Right. Maybe it's not a great idea. Also, what um what do you do when someone betrays your trust do you let them know they cross the boundary it depends right? by the way again it depends it depends on who the person is to you so if like you're dating that person you can even ghost them i mean that makes sense because you don't know them that well sure um so l- let me ask you this maybe i'll switch it to something more um specific uh mm-hmm. say say um say you told me uh Maybe not me. Um, okay, you. What, fine, me. Let's do it. <laughs> just for the sake of moving things forward. Let's say you told me a secret, like mm-hmm. a really big secret that essentially you you actually made it clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't want that to be told to anyone. Right. And, I, and I told everyone, essentially. Um, how, how would you react? I put it on Instagram. I put it on the seize the moment podcast and I put your ultimate secret, you know, for everybody to see. Yeah, and so tag Leon's existential so, FK. So to be honest with you, and I think this speaks to my low emotional EQ, I would just probably cut you off right away. I don't yeah. even think I, I give you like the, the benefit of the doubt or give you a conversation. I just cut you off. Now, what if hypothetically I was mind controlled and I had to tell, you know, no, I'm kidding. No, no, no. That's a joke. But you're in a simulation. You're in a simulation. and We should talk about panpsychism. Oh, totally. No. So, (laughs) uh, but that's right. Right. Like somebody betrays your trust, especially with like a really big secret you told not somebody to tell. I mean, uh, it's, it's important to let them know, like they're crossing uh, a, a boundary, right? Like you can't do that. 
right? It's not something that I, I allow, right? Also, um, maybe uh, another part of an emotional boundary, just to switch it up again, you know, because it's just like little examples. We don't have to like stay on one too long, but let's say how much affection you want from other people in terms of boundary. Like, do you, do you want a lot of affection or maybe you don't like too much affection? Like maybe you don't want someone who's, uh, so back, it's sort of back to a relationship sort of example, but let's say somebody who's needy, right? Mm -hmm. Quote unquote needy. Um, That's too much affection, right? And then combine that with time. How much time of the day do you want to interact with that emotionally uh, significant other, right? And then how much do you want to spend doing other things? Mm Because that also needs to be defined. If if it's something that's wishy-washy and you kind of go with the flow, there's just going to be a lot of um, sort of symptoms of that in, 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 again, back to like uh, what I mentioned before, like uh, passive aggressiveness, drama, resentment, right? Right. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you'll resent your significant other for trying to spend so much time with you and not letting you do these other things you want to do. Or maybe you'll resent yourself for not speaking up, Mm -hmm. right? And then that can lead to all sorts of problems because then any emotions, thoughts, actions, anything like that will come from this, this sort of filter of, of resentment and drama and lead you down all these pathways that may not necessarily need, you you don't need to go down. um, If you define uh, the things, you know, in your own life, like for example, um, uh, I didn't get to this other one. So um, I guess I'll mention it first. So there's also like material boundaries, right? Like let's say um, someone breaks one of your belongings, right? or, or not, or, or like, uh, maybe you don't want to let them borrow this thing. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I, that's not something I let somebody borrow mm-hmm. or my car. No, I'm not giving my car to anyone. I understand like your situation that you want to, you need it for some reason, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. Uh, also, uh, how somebody handles it when you, they cross a boundary. Like if, for example, I let somebody borrow my, um, I don't have a PS5. If anyone's mm-hmm. listening and wants to get me a PS, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, mm-hmm. But if if I had a PS5, right, mm-hmm. and someone borrowed it, let's say, uh, and then it comes back, it's broken. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell? You know, not one. It's so hard to get one even now. Right, right. Two, like, come on, man, that's that's really messed up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I let you borrow this thing, you couldn't have taken care of it. Like maybe if you'd let me borrow something, imagine how you would feel if I broke it or, or something like that. Right. And a, a lot of this might, by the way, uh, to the listener, might sound sort of like common sense. On one level, sure, it, it, it is. But the reason why uh, us talking about this is so important is because a lot of people let their life go on automatic, right? Mm-hmm. For example, again, they go kind of with what they feel. Like a lot of people have a general idea of what their boundaries are, what they allow and don't allow, but they don't really ever, like most people don't take the time to audit their life. Mm-hmm. Like, like where in my life am I letting people get away with things that I'm, you know, I should be speaking up. Mm-hmm. Where in my life am I too rigid? Mm-hmm. And where am I, where am I like, really rigid about my boundaries. Like, for example, I was also going to get into this later, but no problem. We'll get into it now. So for example, there's different sorts of um, boundaries Mm -hmm. somebody can have. They can have rigid boundaries. 
they can have loose boundaries, right? Or they can have, uh, let's call it a healthy boundary, like somewhere right. in the middle. Uh -huh. So what's an example? Let's start with loose, let's say, just for fun. Uh -huh. So um, you, uh, I, I told you a secret and you ended up telling everyone, uh -huh. right? And you know what? I like uh, our relationship. I like the podcast. I like everything. I don't want to all of a sudden express my real emotion of complete anger and like that it's not cool that you said this secret and uh instead i let it go hmm. right well what uh, that's a very people pleasery right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and sure from one i love i love the term people pleasery yeah yeah, yeah i love it people pleasing <laughs> we yeah. got a coin there yeah <laughs> and so uh and yeah, sure. Like I might rationalize from the loose boundary standpoint, mm -hmm. like, uh, no, you know, I'm not resisting. I'm not reacting. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going with the flow. I'm accepting this moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I also, uh, I want the piece of the po podcast and my relationship with him and with all our friends to be good. So I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And, where could that lead, right? Maybe, maybe towards uh, uh, resentment. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll um, be passive aggressive towards you, like not fully aggressive, but I'll be right. like, hey, like I expect you to know that that wasn't cool, right? right. Kind of like how we discussed a bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, also, I let you know that it's okay to tell my secrets, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially, in a way. In a roundabout way, yeah. It, it might not be like you know, realistically speaking, you might not have a secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually, by the way, I, li I like that you say that. That's usually the thing, right? So if you don't set boundaries with people, they're just going to assume that you don't have a problem. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody's rigid, right? Imagine you're friends with somebody for three years, mm -hmm. and they show up ten minutes late to dinner, and you cut them off, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> right, right, right? And and that's a little extreme. It's very extreme that example, uh, but being rigid in your boundaries is not great too. You're going to end up, you know, letting a lot of people like out of your life for things that maybe, um, especially like maybe, maybe with your rigid, you do let them know they crossed the boundary, mm -hmm. but once they've crossed that boundary, that's it. Like they people, can't do anything way, about people, it. People, well, people do that, man. And I mean, it's protective yeah. in nature if you think about it, right? So it's like, if you're already jumping to conclusions and you're like, oh, okay, this person did one wrong thing, right? Therefore, they're going to now do 10 wrong things. And now I'm cutting them out of my life to prevent myself from being hurt. It kind of makes sense as a protective mechanism. So it definitely even though makes it's poor, sense. Yeah, even though it's poor reasoning, because you can't predict from somebody being like 10 minutes late or whatever that, you know, they're going to fuck you over somewhere down the line. But yeah, man, people actually sometimes think that way where it's like, um, oh, by the way, so this happens a lot with dating with like, uh, let's say with uh, let's let's kind of i mean this happens with you know gay couples too but let's just you know for the sake of simplicity let's use a straight one right so you would have a woman say something like oh well this guy is just trying to get laid so i'm not going to talk to him anymore and i'm like okay but how do you know that? how do you know he's only trying to get laid and she'll say well you know um like we talk and we have nice conversations but then it becomes sexual and i'm like oh well you set the boundary with him right you said hey i'm not interested in this so you know we can either continue you know in uh, a less kind of sexual way or we cut this off right and it's like no 
It's like, okay, so you didn't set the boundary with him. So wait, what are you, what are you then thinking? Well, you know, if it's sexual, then that means that's all he wants. I'm like, that's not true. I'm like, people want intimacy and sex at the same time. So if you're not ready for it, right, you can say, hey, I'm not ready for it. And if you keep talking about it, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. That makes a ton of sense, right? But I'm like, but what you're doing is it seems like you're kind of cutting this guy off, even though, I mean, he's a human being, he's going to want sex. If you're saying that the only thing he wants is sex, I'd be like, what's the proof, right? How do you know? And then if the person says, well, all he talks about is sex, and I'd say, okay, let's take what you're saying for granted then fine if all he talks about is sex i understand but a lot of times man people kind of put people again in these categories based on like black and white thinking where it's like i can make a prediction based on this person's behavior even though you actually can't people are way too complicated for that so yeah that's the thing so a lot of people want to be told what their uh, boundaries are essentially right. Like they, or they um, want you to know what their boundaries are. Yeah. They just want to, they expect you to know yeah. and do the boundaries for yeah. them and all right. that. And so in that particular case, you know, it's almost as if, you know, whether it's conscious or not, she's expecting the guy to, you know, the one that that's good for her is somebody who is perfect, who perfectly yes. accidentally. Yeah. By the way, if you've, if you've yeah. ever seen uh, The Purple Rose of Cairo, it's this really old movie from like, well, not really old, but whatever. It's 1985. It's a Woody Allen movie. So it's really cool because so it's with Jeff Daniels and the guy plays two people, right? So he plays the actor and he plays the actual character on the like the movie screen, right? And so the character on the movie screen ends up like coming into the real world and like all of the women fall in love with him, right? They're like, oh my God, like this is, this is it. He's the man that we've all been waiting for, right? So all of them fall in love with him, right? And one of the, so Mia Farrow, was in it and she ends up falling in love with the actual actor right and the actor is a huge scumbag so it's so funny right and like all of the women are like yo like oh my god like no this guy's amazing and then here's Mia Farrow and she's like chasing around the actual actor right and then of course the actor does what most men do right or you would think I guess so the actor ends up dumping her and he's like hey uh sorry I found some oh no he didn't find someone else he got like um he got some sort of offer to go back to Hollywood and he's like hey uh yeah so my career restarted uh thanks you know this was nice you know but you know sorry bye right and she's like devastated by this right and then like the other women women essentially learned that this ideal like character doesn't actually and will never exist and they're like where where are the men like you can you send us some back and he's like oh because you know he's like in the film or whatever so he's uh because he's like a fantasy right he's like i don't know what you're talking about he's like all men are like this and they're like no no all men are not like this because you know he's like chivalrous and brave and sort of gallant right but yeah the the point of the story is that like those ideals that people have men and women you're never going to find that in real life yeah and just expecting somebody to be psychic yeah. right it's it, it's also it's like a foolhardy thing you know yeah. uh it's better to sort of just let somebody know what you're okay with what you're not okay right. with and and you'd be so pleasantly surprised and then even if it does lead to that person not being in your life yeah. kind of back to what we said again before that just means good it's somebody who's not aligned with your values essentially yeah and by the and, and, you know, I also find that going back to the conversation about dating, that the women who do cut guys off because they think they already know what these guys want, it's because they're afraid of confrontation. So rather than say like, hey, I want to set this boundary with you. I'm not okay with talking about sex right now. I just rather ghost you because like, oh, I already know what you want. Right. So it's like, why even, well, it's like, you know, they talk themselves out of having that difficult conversation. So instead of saying like, okay, maybe he's only interested in sex or maybe not, but I can't really know until I have a conversation with him. It's like, no, no, I already know we're not, we're done. I'm done with him. I'm never talking to him again. And it's all literally because you just were too afraid to set the boundary. Yeah. And also this goes for guys as well, right? So uh, maybe 
maybe you're not afraid to say what's okay and what's not okay in a conversation, right. uh, generally speaking, but maybe, maybe somebody could be afraid to say, you know, I, I, I don't think it's good that, you know, um, you're, so I, I think this is, by the way, a nuanced thing. This is not reflective of my own thoughts. It's yeah. just something that you see generally, which is like, Hey, I'm not okay with you hanging out with this other guy, like for hours and. I don't know what you guys are doing and that's, and you that's say fine. He's just a friend. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or like, I don't think it's okay for you and a guy alone to go like do this activity together for a relationship and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of reads funny. Uh, and then that could be a dis like a discussion, but m sometimes somebody might be quiet around that and be like, well, listen, I don't want her to judge me and think that I'm a jealous person. Cause I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm jealous. I just don't, you know, just, just from a practical standpoint, like, Hey, it's probably not a good idea. Somebody might have that mindset. Not a lot of people do. Some people might be just, just jealous and that's what you're generally going to encounter. But imagine, yeah, there's that person who is just like, no, they're, they're pretty centered, but they don't want to, they, they, they read too many psychology books. Like they don't want to look like they're afraid and being afraid to lose your status makes you look like someone who has less status and your attraction is not static. It's always changing in the moment. So you don't want to make even one mistake uh, because then the moment you make one mistake, if that guy's energy over there or state or whatever, or status is this much higher at the moment when, oh wait, this much higher when yours is like this much lower, that's it, you're out, you're done. And some people are paranoid and think like that. Um, a little specific of an example there at the end, but you kind of get my uh, thing. There's also people who do silent treatment. Like, yes, that's uh, a big one. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, uh, you might say like, no, what's, what's wrong? Um, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, can you tell me what's going on? No, no. And then they don't get into it. Nothing gets defined clearly mm -hmm. creates this like tension, this hum of tension, mm -hmm. uh, which then just seeps into the relationship. It's like a toxic dynamic, yeah. right? As opposed to imagine this other world where you expressed what you felt, right? Mm -hmm. And you let them know, uh, then, then they're less likely to do that. Like it's, it's actually, that's why I kind of stick to that perspective. Of like, sometimes I think the other person is literally almost like me in another body in a sense, not, mm -hmm. not always, but generally speaking. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. if you just knew what you were doing, it, it'd be okay. But a lot of, you know, people don't know what they do. Uh, I'm not religious or anything like that, but there's like this Jesus quote, like forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. I, for some reason that came up to mind, right? Like mm -hmm. they, if they don't know what they do, once they know what they do, if mm -hmm. they do it again, it's not a habit or it's not like a thing they automatically do. It's like a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, then that's where, you know, like whether they're going to follow your boundaries or not, and then you can make a decision on them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, do, do you have any um, times where, like, you haven't expressed a boundary and uh, things didn't go quite well? 
yes. Oh my God. Okay. So not to mention anything specifically, but I used to do this and I learned my lesson the hard way. So, I mean, I did this up until recently too. So when I get a new client, I actually don't tend to give people contracts because I like give them the benefit of the doubt, which is uh, some, most of the time, like 90% of the time it's a good move. Right. But sometimes if you tell them as you'll say, Hey, like, this is my cancellation policy. Right. Uh, people don't care. Right. And they forget. So they're not going to remember what you told them. Right. And then you tell them like, Hey, remember, like, this was my cancellation policy. And they'd be like, Oh, that's what it was. Um, can we just like overlook it? And I'd be like, okay, like now I have, you know, to figure out what to do here. So what I started doing was like with some people, I actually like send out contracts and I'm like, Hey man, here's my cancellation policy. Right. I'm like, if you forget it one time, I might overlook it, right? But now what I started doing with pretty much the vast, maybe not the majority, but I do it with some of my new clients and I do it with, um, uh, so I do it, no, I don't even do it with my new clients. I mean, maybe I should, but I do it with people who um, who like are sort of like, you can tell already on the cusp of like, you know, taking too many, uh, to canceling too many sessions. So what I'll do is I'll send them a contract and I'll tell them like, uh, you know, please sign the contract. Right. And I'll say like, Hey, you know, um, if you want to continue therapy, I need you to know that this is the cancellation policy. If you want to leave, you can leave anytime you want, but if you're going to stay, these are the rules. Right. So, and it's my fault too, because initially what I would do is even though I would set the boundary, honestly, I should get it in writing because, you know, people do tend to forget. So that's on me. So I kind of set the boundary very poorly. Whereas honestly, I should probably send out the contract to everybody. I still don't do that because again, 90% of the time it doesn't go badly. So it's not that big of a deal, but like when it does, you know, it becomes an issue and then you have to get it in writing and now i'm just like you know what i don't even care that i didn't write it down i told you right if you if you needed to remember you could have written it down but yeah so what i do with some folks not everybody is i do send them contracts yeah so, so that's my, fair yeah, so it sounds I, like an adaptation well, yeah adapt I, I had to learn my lesson but yeah so normally what i like to do is i don't like to uh, you know kind of rock the boat because it's business you know you understand you, you don't want to lose people um and then on top of yeah like you don't want to lose people then on top of that like you know some people are already kind of fragile and you're like ah, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but you have to right so one of the best things i've ever learned was something that came uh, secondhand to me was uh so my friend elaine she told me she's like you know my dad said that uh like when we were younger and she's like you know it's always it's it's bad business keeping toxic people in your in your kind of sphere right so she's like um she said something along the lines of like you're better off getting rid of like bad you know uh, partners or bad customers or whatever it is right in the short term i'm sorry in the long term as opposed to the short term so even though you're losing money it doesn't matter right even if you have to like go without like even if you're not getting paid for that chunk for whatever amount of time in the long run it's going to save you a whole lot of heartache and that's what i figured out with with you know, clients too, a lot of times that some people, and this is a business, right? That's the thing I think a lot of therapists don't want to talk about. It's like, uh, not to get into this too much because it's not the point of the show, but honestly, it's important. I think that a lot of therapists don't like to treat their practices as businesses and they are fucking businesses. So because it's a business, right? Some people are going to be too severely like, uh, you know, ill or disturbed or whatever to be a part of business. And that's it. You can send them off to clinics. You could send them off to like inpatient uh, like uh, houses or whatever. That's fine. Right. But the thing is because you're running a business, you have to also treat it as such. Meaning that sometimes when people like, you know, over, they kind of, uh, they step over your boundaries, you have to like call them out on them and be like, Hey, we're not doing this anymore. And by the way, man, the thing that I hate, the most is when somebody violates my boundary and they'll say thank you in advance 
I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God. And so like literally this person- Like they're assuming you're going to do it. They're they're assuming I'm going to do it, right? So it's like, I know you have this boundary, but my excuse is so good that not only do I assume that you're going to do it, right? But I'm also thanking you in advance because I'm trying to make you feel guilty for not wanting to do it, right? So it's like the whole thank you in advance. Because, you know, when somebody says thank you to you, right? You start to feel guilty. Like, oh man, like, wow, like shit. Like this person is grateful that I'm doing this thing for him, but I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. There's something wrong with me, right? You know, so it's like expressing gratitude like pacifies people, right? Again, guilt, right? It makes them feel guilty for not giving it. So I hate that so much. When a person tells me thank you in advance, automatically, I'm like, I'm not doing this thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm with it. Uh, why not? Listen, yeah. uh, uh, they're, uh, they're thinking, I mean, in a way, you can argue they're thinking like, oh, you're definitely going to do this thing I'm requesting. Yes, yes, yes. And like, so I could idea- definitely violate your boundary, yeah. right? Like yeah. from so, that perspective. Yeah, so the idea here is that my reason is so good that you can't say no. Like this is, you can't refuse it, right? So I know what your rules are, right? However, right, my reasoning for bending them is so good. And I'm maybe even, I'm special in this case, right? I'm special, therefore you need to give this to me, right? It just only makes sense. It's only rational. And so, you know, going back to kind of business advice, right? And this is something that Jeff Jarrett has said that his dad said. Right. So he's like, you know, in professional wrestling, you have like, you know, selfish people, obviously, because I mean, it's a business of like individual uh, athletes. Right. So he's like, you know, getting rid of a selfish person is like the hardest thing to do if you keep them around for too long. So he's like, what happens, unfortunately, a lot of the times he's like, you know, we feel really bad for people. You know, we don't want to take away their livelihoods. And so we just won't get rid of them. Right. And they become like fucking cancers in the in our locker rooms. Right. And he's like, and he's like, look, nothing, no mistake is uh, the, there's no mistake that's unfixable. Right. However, he's like, the longer you you keep around this like selfish person is just the harder it's going to be to remedy it right meaning that pretty much like maybe probably the the longer of a contract he has um the more like uh intertwined he is with the storyline meaning it's hard to like you know like untangle him from like the web right so but the point is he's saying that like yeah man he's like you really got to get rid of some of these like truly selfish people early because they're going to corrupt the entire thing Right. And by the way, this even sometimes happens with like with therapy. So what you'll have is you'll have like, and this is very rare, but you'll have like a client who takes up so much of your time that you can't treat other people. Right. You're just so kind of enmeshed in this relationship where even if you set boundaries, they just continuously violate them and violate them. So they'll email you, they'll call you, right. Whatever it is. Right. Because they want your attention. And so, but you have like 10 other people you're seeing that day. Right. So in that respect, you would have to refer the person out. So it's like, it's one of those things that people don't like to talk about because, you know, we try to be martyrs and saviors and we're like no you know you have to like treat everybody and you know it's 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 wrong like to turn people down actually it's not man some people are just so like far gone and so mentally ill that you have to refer them to clinics or again inpatient units whatever it is because again they're gonna they're gonna i don't want to say poison the well but they're gonna make life just incredibly hard for you and the other people that you're treating and again this is a business so this is how it works and i mean look people might not like this perspective but this is just a part of life no, it's, it's, I think it's fair, right? I mean, um, I know you didn't want to use the expression poison the well. Yeah. But um, no, because you get right. it. Like, it could seep into like, the other right. aspect. Like, right. yeah, if, if you allow this, uh, you know, look, it's not to insult anyone, but if somebody's being quote unquote toxic, right? right. And they're around you they're, and they're, and they're, it's like seeping into you. Like it's too, it's too much. It's like, it's, it's a lot going on there. Yeah, meaning you that other you can't manage it. 
Yeah, yeah. Meaning yeah. that you've tried your best. You've been as compassionate and as assertive as possible, and it's still not going nowhere, anywhere, right? So, and, and I'm not saying, again, that's very rare. Like, these are very rare cases. But when it does happen, right, it does happen. Meaning that you can say a million and one things, and you can say it as perfectly as you want. That person will still not give a shit that you set a boundary with them. So I think then essentially um, the kind of boundary that you're talking about is healthy, right? Because what I'm getting from listening to you, right, is that, um, I mean, if somebody has a legitimately good reason for getting the thank you ahead of time thing, that barring that example, uh, it sounds like maybe sometimes like you'll let it go. It depends on what it is. And yeah. other times it's like, all right, no, 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 uh, no. Uh, I'm not letting this yeah. through. Here, I'll give, yeah. I'll leave it. I'll even give you an example, right? So here's what my cancellation policy is, right? So imagine you tell me like, hey, I'm going on vacation. So I have one for 30 days, right? So imagine you tell me like, hey, man, I'm going on vacation on the 20th, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense, right? And then imagine you get sick, right? And you're like, oh my God, like, yo, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. I got sick. I would not hold that against you. I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's literally an act of God or whatever. No worries, right? You got sick. I get it. This vacation was already planned. I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. However, if you cancel a session for no reason, which has been done, and then you get sick after that, like literally imagine like the day of, you're like, oh, hey, I got to cancel, right? Uh, I don't want to, and I'm like, oh, how come? What's going on? And you're like, ah, I just, I, can we just move? You're not even giving me a reason, right? Can we just like reschedule for next week? Okay, but remember, this is your one, right? Do we remember that? This is your one. And the person will say, yes, I do know that this is my one okay and then literally they get sick somewhere down the line i will actually i will even tell them like you know what let's try to even reschedule that and if they need to tell me no i can't even reschedule like where i got sick i'd be like no we're done we're not playing this game yeah that's fair like what can you do because if they keep canceling and that time that you set aside um yeah, it, is yeah, not being point. occupied yeah, my thing yeah. is like, look, I'm already doing you a favor because like, so if you were sick, I would let you, we could just, we, we could just cancel the session, right? But I have told you, I said, hey, that session before you said, I know I said, this is it. This is your one for the month and you agreed. You're like, okay, I understand. I'll see you next time, right? So what I'm doing is because you were sick, I'm telling you, hey, let's reschedule for the later part of the week, right? Because I'm trying to keep you on board, right? I'm, I'm trying not to just kick you out. But then if you tell me, oh, hey, I'm busy during the week or I have plans, which has happened to me before, where somebody would say, oh, hey, I have plans during the week. I can't make it. Sorry, I guess we're done with therapy then. Yeah, look, here's the thing. There's times where you have to be stern as well right? You can't have somebody taking advantage, right? right. You have, there's these other resource, like the, the time resource that is being missed by this person who keeps violating um, right. your agreement with them. Um, th that time could be used to help somebody else, right? right? And so you have to weigh out everything. Also, it's a business. So you also have to yeah. make money. You can't just rely on a late fee or, or this or that. Yeah. Uh, there's also just like, how much does this person take seriously the therapy? Like I'll get right. somebody else who takes it seriously then. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's and all these different factors. Yeah. And a lot of times, man, because people are super nice, like most people aren't aggressive, right? So they, everything is done in a very sort of politically correct way. They just expect if, as long as you're nice, right, you can get what you want. And I think a lot of times people have learned that about the world. Like, as, so some people are like, okay, if I'm a bully, I'll get my way, right? But for some people, it's like, no, no, no. If I'm just like a people pleaser, then I'll get my way, right? If I just like flatter you and I tell you how great therapy is and how amazing you are and how truly sorry I am, you know, for having to miss so many sessions, they think like, oh, you know they could kind of like 
like let's say finagle their way into getting you to make a decision that works for them, right? But no, no, I don't care how flattering you are, and I don't care how like grateful and thankful you are. The rules are the rules. If you don't have a legitimately good excuse for missing the session, again, if you plan the vacation months in the oh, even a month in advance, I totally get it. But like you just taking a day off just to take a day off. I'm like, you could do that, but now you're taking a risk, right? Now the risk is like, oh shit, I can't miss any more sessions because if I do, I'm out of here. He took that risk or that, or she took that risk or whoever it is, they took the risk. Yeah. Plus you have, again, you have a system set up that allows for them like at least right. once to just miss it. Or if they happen to have a good excuse, okay, then you could reschedule or this or that. Yeah. There's leniency yeah. in your, and, in and your system. The, and I try my best to reschedule people especially like now with telehealth like i will tell them like hey man like i will like it's not going to be every day obviously because i'm like busy but um but i'll try my best right and i'll be like look you have to work with me on this meaning i'll give you probably several uh time slots that we can reschedule but you're gonna have to be flexible too right and some people are like oh I'm, I'm, i can't do that i have like dates or whatever some people legitimately tell you that they're like oh i have plans and I'm like, i don't care that you have plans i'm like you know because you already took your absence as an adult maybe you should cancel one of those plans and use one of those yeah. sessions or we'll use one of those time slots for therapy. Oh, but I don't want to do that because maybe I'm going on a date or whatever. Ah, uh, well, I'm sorry, man. I hope you enjoy your date. And he's like, <laughs> but this date is therapy for me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, but, and that's, uh, cool. and that, that's yeah. my thing. Look, man, I'm cool with that, right? I just, you know, my whole thing is like, if you're done with therapy, you can tell me you're done with therapy. We don't have to go through this. If you feel like other things are a priority to you, you are an adult. You can walk away whenever you want. Just please let me know. Don't play this game of like, oh, I want to have my cake and eat it too. That's the thing that bothers me. Yeah. And also let's say in terms of time as well, just to add a little bit here, let's say you tell someone I have a hard out, like at, yeah. Uh, 135. I have a hard out. I'm going to be, uh, I have to go. I seriously yeah. have to go. Um, and even if they show up late 15 minutes, you're like, no, 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 it's still going to be until 135. Yeah. And then the moment 135 hits, like, you know, thank you for your time. Bye. And that's it. Yep. Like, for example, there's things like that too. Right. Uh, or if you, uh, yeah, just like, again, the importance of how having boundaries is that, Again, it's a demonstration of value and, and self-respect, right? Yeah. And people will really, really appreciate that when somebody is definitely someone who is, uh, demonstrates like a, a sort of higher value and, and things of that nature. Sure, it's sometimes it's going to polarize somebody out of your life. But again, it might polarize someone who shouldn't necessarily um, yeah. interact with you so much then if they're going to be uh extremely rude uh cross your boundaries all the time uh violate your trust uh break or damage one of your uh, belongings interrupt you constantly oh yeah even somebody being interrupted all the time like uh maybe maybe that's fine sometimes but if it's uh too much and you can't actually get words in edgewise maybe you have to set a boundary and be like hey man let me talk, you know, instead of just letting them go, because then you lose your thread. Maybe you had something important to say and doesn't get said. And then yeah. this person is interrupting you, creates this resentment in you. And I, by the way, I know there's a lot of uh, things that we keep sort of revisiting, um, but it's it's definitely important to hammer in. And oh, yeah, right. So I might have said this before, but why it's important to sort of 
like even I'm going to do this after this podcast. I was doing it even a little bit before this podcast. I hope that like people listening to this um, will take the time to do this too. Because there's a lot of things that we talk about here in the show that like it's great to listen to. You may feel like uh, a little bit enhanced by listening to it. Maybe you understand now that, you know, there's all these different kinds of boundaries. And actually, if I have a clear set of boundaries, um, even for myself and for others, it's actually going to um, be a net positive for my life. And there's so many great things about it. Um and so many symptoms and effects and somebody could take that sort of value and that's fantastic. But I feel like the next level of that would be to really do a sort of self audit, right? Like where, where in my life, even in the past, let's say in a past relationship, where have you not been clear with your boundaries? Where have you not spoken up where you should have, where have you been too rigid? Where did you tell someone, you know, uh, you told somebody, no, you cut them out, but you actually maybe could have listened to them. Maybe they actually had something to say that uh, and you didn't understand a perspective that you could have understood and something like that. Where 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 are you now uh, not setting boundaries? Maybe, you know, there's something you should be working on and you're sort of going by how you feel and you're not setting the time to be like, uh, do this thing, right? whether it's schoolwork for somebody listening, whether it's. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you told yourself, I'm going to read this book. And you've been saying that already for a month. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, you, you haven't been doing it. Right? Maybe you set sort of a boundary with yourself, like, I'm going to, you know, do the things that I say I'm going to do. I mean, that's a little general, but sort of But by the way, how about even adding this, maybe love yourself enough to do the things that you want to do. And that you tell yourself you're going to do like fucking work out, right? You know, because you, yeah. you know, kind of, yeah, I was going to say feed yourself, but I mean that metaphorically, right? Like, you know, kind of feed your soul, man. Like you are worth learning and you are worth sort of taking care of emotionally, physically, right? But yeah, people a lot of times don't feel like they, not only do they sometimes want, don't, I mean, they don't want to do it, but don't, they don't even feel like they deserve like the time and care that they should give to themselves. Like that should be given to others. I, I wish I could um, really verbalize like the, how many benefits really come out of knowing what your boundaries are and letting people know what they are. Like, you don't have to expressly let somebody know, like, you have crossed my boundary. Leon, you crossed my boundary right there. But uh, it doesn't have to be so overt. But sometimes even, I don't know if how much what you, how much you would agree with this, but I, I feel like sometimes even it's it's in your visual, like your your physical cues. Like sometimes you could even let somebody know just by looking at them a certain way when they said something like, oh, that wasn't okay. Like you don't necessarily overtly say it. Like why I say, why why I give an example like this is maybe somebody is listening and then they take it too literally. Like you don't want to take advice too like black and white, but um, yeah, doing a self audit would be important. Really clearly defining like, what are your boundaries? What are your emotional boundaries? What are your physical boundaries? What, what are your material boundaries? What, what's your time boundaries? Mm-hmm. Getting that sort of, uh, what, do you, what, what sort of things do you expect from your relationships? Yep. You know, things like that. And then once you actually have something like that clearly defined, you're no longer subject, or sorry, or you're less, definitely some percentage wise, less subject to just, again, my favorite phrase, the automaticity of things, right? Mm-hmm. Because- then you you know that when you encounter this thing because you've thought it through you know this is my boundary and you may either 
uh, intuitively somehow show that somebody's crossing it or show that this is a boundary. You may verbalize it and it's it definitely would improve my relationships by uh, me letting people know what's okay and what's not okay knowing when to also let something go through right like i had a big thing with jokes before mm -hmm. i once upon a time i used to take jokes like very literally like yeah, very I, I, I do remember those days by the way even when we met it was, it was not that less, bad. It was yeah. less than than what okay. it used to be before that. Okay. So okay. it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's been years of improvement with that. But okay. then that's why I love comedy, right? Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, a lot of things that are, that sound like they're literal are actually jokes. Mm -hmm. And once you can actually appreciate that it's not literal, you can laugh at almost anything in life. But that's okay. that's probably a different episode, maybe on comedy or something, uh, or the arts. Let's say. All but, right, uh, yeah. So yeah. what do we what do we think are the big takeaways from today? So definitely knowing the value of having boundaries that it's yep. tied with your self worth and self respect and value. Yep. Um, and that having them is important. Uh, not being wishy washy kind of clearly defining what your boundaries are is important. Yep. Um, because if you don't clearly define what your boundaries are, you're going to be like like we gave an example at the very beginning like i don't know when i should be relaxing when i should be working like i should i feel like i should be working when i'm relaxing relaxing when i'm working you know okay. things like that as an example um knowing uh what you allow from yourself and from others and trying to define that as best as possible and um I would even I think add that's to, essentially yeah yeah well I would even add to that like even for like you know our listeners obviously maybe even give yourself the chance to be with somebody or talk to somebody or try to form a relationship with somebody who actually acknowledges and accepts your boundaries right as valid so maybe you'll kind of surprise yourself and you'll see that there are people out there who like you know you're good enough for and these people are you know who you'll who will respect you in turn as you respect them right so it's like a lot of times again people what they do is they don't give themselves a chance to form healthy relationships because they're fucking scary you know? I get it. I mean, obviously, but the point is that when you don't take that risk and you don't give yourself a chance, the thing that you're putting yourself into, right, it's already predictably toxic and there's really no way out as long as you're going to keep yourself in it. It's sort of like quicksand. 100%. And, and last thing I would say is also just, again, recognizing where are your boundaries, uh, like do a, do an audit. Where are my boundaries rigid and where are they loose? Yeah. And, uh, and also, if you have any healthy ones, that's great. And, you know, of course, pat on the back. That's that's great. If you know, you know, if you're kind of halfway in halfway out with that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and also, and also stop canceling sessions with your therapist because you have a date. You know, it's not a valid excuse. <laughs> it's not cool. No matter how hot she is or how hot he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your therapist so. ain't going to care. <laughs> yeah. Even if you send pictures to your therapist. You know, even if you send videos to your therapist, it's not an excuse. And right, don't right. don't ever say thank you ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, any oh, of your oh my therapists. God, please, please. I hope that's the number one takeaway. Stop using the term thank you in advance. Let the person decide whether or not they're going to do that thing for you. Yeah. All right, then. Then I, I guess let's let's end it there. Yep. Uh, guys, if you want to follow us, you could follow us at Seize the Moment Podcast on uh, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok and at Seize underscore podcast on twitter like subscribe hit the bell and thank you so much for watching see you next time